Welcome back to the Unfolding Words podcast. This is episode number 30, when the word of God dwells richly in you. I'm your host, Antresia Moorings, and this is the weekly show dedicated to sharing biblical truth that offers light for your walk and life for your soul. With Christmas in the air, I thought I'd focus this week on the story of Jesus, specifically the word spoken to Mary about her role in the birth of the coming Messiah, Jesus Christ. Now, we all know that Mary, the mother of Jesus, is esteemed for her faith in hearing the word that she would carry the promised Messiah. This itself is a wonder, but also consider that she was carrying the word which was from the beginning in her womb, the word from the beginning that is mentioned in John chapter one. Given this, it seems natural that she would accept God's word concerning her with faith. For her to carry Jesus, she would first have to accept the written word by faith. Luke chapter one, verse 26, starting at verse 26 says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I'm a virgin? Notice there's no doubt in what she says. She's just curious how it's going to come about. And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now, as I mentioned before, it took faith for Mary to believe that she would conceive in her womb rather than in the regular way. So we know from biology class that conception happens when a man and a woman come together. But this conception was going to happen in her womb without the help of Joseph, who was she was soon to marry. Mary's faith was already rich and full by her response. She said, let it be to me according to your word. Even her cousin Elizabeth praises her faith in God's word. And it says, the scripture saying, when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Verse 45 is what Elizabeth says of Mary that I love. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Mary was blessed because she believed that there would be a fulfillment. There it is, straight and simple. Mary's trust in the word didn't start at the moment the angel came to her. Instead, she had years of storing up the word, trusting it, letting it richly dwell in her. Let's listen to her song of praise in Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 55. 
immediately following Elizabeth's description of her. This is called the Magnificat. And Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed for he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts, and he has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. And he has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Now, Mary is credited with uttering some of the most poetic and lauded words in biblical literature. She's just a humble country girl. But imagine that this song of praise has been studied over and over and examined. And she was just a simple girl. Mary was so steeped in scripture that when she breaks out in praise, the words that come out of her are words of scripture. So being a young woman, she probably loved the stories of the Old Testament, stories of women of faith like Sarah and Deborah Hannah, Ruth, and Abigail. And it's known that many Jewish girls hoped that they would be the carrier of the promised Messiah. And this became true for Mary. This is such an encouragement for us to steep our minds and our hearts in the scriptures day and night so that the words and thoughts of scripture fill our mouths as naturally as they did Mary's. Now, many commentators have pointed out that this song of praise, the Magnificat, is full of quotations and is basically a collage of allusions to passages in the Old Testament. Many of the truths that Mary expresses are mirrored in Hannah's prayer in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 1-10. through 10. Hannah was basically giving a thanksgiving for her son after she was barren. And Mary's song of praise also brings to mind other hymns of praises sung in response to God's gracious and powerful intercession. We think of women like Miriam and Deborah. And this song of praise also foreshadows a lot of the themes that are addressed later in the book of Luke and in the ministry of Jesus. So the name of this praise, the Magnificat, comes from the Latin name of Mary's praise, the first phrase of this hymn, which says, My soul magnifies the Lord. Mary's hymn expresses praise to God for his treatment of her. But then she doesn't just stop there and thank God for what he's done in her life. She extends her praise to how God has treated the righteous throughout the ages and how he will vindicate them fully in the future. She fully understands what God is doing. That is not lost on her. Mary's praise exudes joy. She speaks because she understands the magnitude of God's blessings, not only only on her, but on her people as well. And she moves from joy to appreciation. She sees clearly that God cares personally for her and acts on the behalf of his people. So keeping in style with Old Testament poetry and songs, Mary's praise is structured in this way. The first two verses, Mary rejoices that she has the privilege of giving birth to the promised Messiah. She then goes on to glorify God for his power, his holiness, and his mercy. In verses 51 and 53, Mary looks forward to God transforming the world through the coming Messiah. The proud will be brought low, the humble will be lifted up, 
and the hungry will be fed, and the rich will go without. And in verses 54 and 55, Mary exalts God because he has been faithful to his promise to Abraham. Now, for her to know what the promise of Abraham was, she would have to know these scriptures, like I said before. So she's very well versed in the Old Testament. She knows full well what those promises were. Mary's belief and trust in the word led to her praise. Praise is a verbal announcement of the magnificence of God. She praised God for what she believed to be true, even before she saw it. This stands in stark contrast to Zechariah, Elizabeth's husband, who went mute because of his unbelief. And we see this in chapter one as well, starting at verse 18. And the angel came to him and said, your wife is going to give birth. Yes, you are well past age, but this is going to come to pass. And Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I was sent to speak to you and bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them. And they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple and he kept making signs to them and remained mute. So while Zechariah was mute, Mary, on the other hand, who believed Mary was magnifying the Lord. Now, how do you magnify God? You magnify God with your mouth, with your voice, with your being by saying God is magnificent, is speaking the praises of God. Elizabeth said of Mary, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And this can be said of you too. If you hear the word of the Lord and faithfully listen to it and follow it, you will be blessed for that. So we can faithfully listen and follow the word by, first of all, picking up the scriptures. We can read and listen to God's word. We have so much technology available to us today. We can listen to the word on our phones, in the cars, as we're shopping, as we're doing our errands and cleaning. And we can do this on a regular basis outside of the church walls. We don't have to wait until Sunday morning when we're gathering to hear the word of the Lord. We can do this on our own. We each have responsibility to feed ourselves the word, just as Mary did. She was steeped in the scriptures because she took time to get the scriptures in her and let it dwell richly in her. Secondly, we have to believe what we hear and read. Just like Mary, as we hear the word of God and keep it, we will eventually be fruitful because of that. The word cannot dwell in our hearts. We cannot keep taking the word in and it not bring results. So if we are having a continual feast on the word, it will bring fruitful rewards like it did for Mary. If we hear the word of God and keep it, we become those who share in the fullness of life that Jesus had made possible for Mary, his mother, first of all, but for all of us who claim to be his followers as well, who are willing to hear him and to take him at his word. So this Christmas, may you be reminded of the richness of God's word dwelling in you and the promise that comes from this truth. Let God's word dwell in you that you may reap the rewards of fruitfulness in your life. That wraps up this episode of Unfolding Words. If you listen on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, please consider leaving a five-star review. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to joining you next week where I'll be sharing more gems from the Word of God with you. Until then, may God's Word be a lamp to your feet 
and a light to your path. God bless you.